What is good, everybody? Welcome here on a Tuesday morning to the Flow Show podcast. It is June 29th here on the podcast. Happy to everyone with us here on episode number 173. We've got a lot to discuss, a lot to get into here on today's show. So hold on tight, get ready for the ride, and let's get right into it. And we'll kind of talk about what we're going to be going through today. What we're going to talk about our game of the week from last Sunday, which featured the Durham Bulls and the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, as well as the Chicago Cubs and the LA Dodgers on the Major League side. We're going to talk the Florida Complex League, the newest renamed league, the former Gulf Coast League. They're back in action starting yesterday. We'll talk all about that here on the podcast as well. Go through the schedule, take a look at the I guess you would say teams, take a look at some of the things in that league. We'll also look at the minor league schedule. Obviously, we're still going with that six-game slate, which is pretty dreadful. But, hey, we're working through it, so it's all good. And we'll also talk about what's ahead for the podcast. So a lot to get into, a lot to talk about here on the podcast today. And we're going to briefly get right into things with our Game of the Weeks from Sunday We haven't really done a great job on keeping with the schedule. We're going to try and hopefully, now that I'm kind of out of school, going to start really kind of focusing on this schedule, get some content out. I would love to get some stuff out for you guys. We just posted out a new YouTube video as well, making my home run derby prediction. So go check that video out. Definitely will be very much appreciated on YouTube. So let's get right into it here on the Game of the Week as we have the Durham Bulls, the Tampa Bay Rays minor league affiliate, going up against the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in Duval County, a.k.a. Duval. I don't want to do that, but anyways, it was a interest interesting game on Sunday. The Durham Bulls dropped to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp on Sunday by a final score of 3-2. to two. The Durham Bulls finish out their game with two runs on six hits and one error. As for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, three runs on six hits, two errors for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, just edging out the Durham Bulls in that game. The winning pitchers for the game was Stephen O'Kurt. He had two innings of work, five Ks, did not allow a hit, run, anything like that, so he had a very good outing. On the day, he wasn't the starting pitcher, but he was one of the reliever guys, and he was given the win because the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp won later in the game. Losing pitcher in the game was Sean Poppin, former Pittsburgh Pirates reliever. He had .2 innings of work. He did allow a hit and a run. He only had one strikeout on the day. Uh, Jacksonville in that game really didn't hit well, at least in the bottom of the order. The bottom of the order struggled. Six, seven, eight, nine hitters were all hitless in the game. Very, very bad for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Hitting-wise, at least at the bottom of the order, from 6-9. to Not too great for the Jumbo Shrimp offensively. And then for my players of the game, we're going to briefly talk about these two guys. And I say two guys because I I did pick one from the losing team. And I'm like, well, I've never done that just because... You know, I like to pick the winning team. You know, that's a guy who contributed to the win. Well, this guy had a really good game. He definitely deserved to be on the player of the game list. And also, this guy had a good game as well for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So, I did pick a a player from the Durham Bulls and the Jumbo Shrimp. And my player is Shane Baz for the Durham Bulls. He's going to be one of our players of the games. This is why I picked him. Five innings of work. He only allowed two hits. 
He had 10 strikeouts in his debut in the AAA level. A very impressive job for Shane Baz opening up his AAA career. Really awesome to see him do well. And again, he deserves it. I mean, he should be a player of the game on this list, even though his team did lose. He still pitched very well, and he pitched good enough to probably earn the win if the Durham Bulls would have won. So again, I'm going to go with Shane Baz as one of the two players of the games. And then my second player of the game is Asan Diaz. He had a really good game, two for four, a home run, a double on his credit on Sunday. So very good job for Asan Diaz and the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp obviously go on to win their game. They obviously keep the series, you know, thing that they're doing right now. If you don't know, they announced that they were going to do some sort of like competition cup sort of thing where the loser has to give away shirts with the other team's name on it. So if Jacksonville loses the season series against the Durham Bulls and the Jacksonville Jumbo Shirt must give away Durham Bulls t-shirts at their gates. It's kind of a neat idea, kind of cool. Uh, if you're definitely a fan of the Durham Bulls and if you're a Rays fan, hey, that's a good way to get a free Durham Bulls shirt. But uh, yeah, definitely an interesting series between those two squads this past week and to get a good ending for Shane Baz. Nice job there on Sunday with 10Ks. Very impressive job. And our other game of the week also had a very good pitcher, at least on one side of the portion, or I guess on one side of the mound. It was the Chicago Cubs taking on the LA Dodgers. That was a Sunday Night Baseball ESPN primetime game. Always love ESPN. Like, I love Sunday Night Baseball. Um, just like during the summer, it's just, it, for some reason, when they, they pick good ballparks during the summer, um, even though I do believe that, and I will do an, another podcast episode or YouTube video on this. Um, I do believe that ESPN and Fox needs to change the way they pick games because it's kind of stupid and I'll, that's for another day. But anyways, the Cubs and the Dodgers were on ESPN. Um, the Cubbies ended up losing in the game. They lost pretty badly. Actually, they were not good at all on Sunday. They lost by a score of one to seven on Sunday. The Dodgers able to get the victory over the Cubbies Chicago ended up with one run on four hits and one error for the Dodgers. Seven runs, eight hits, no errors for the Dodgers. Six of those seven runs came in the second inning. They were very, very good in that second inning. They clobbered Alzale on the mound, who was struggling early in the game. He only lasted three innings, had five hits, six runs, four earned, walked three batters in the game, and had three Ks on the day. As for his... I guess you would say opponent on the mound, Clayton Kershaw. He had a very nice day. Eight innings of work, four hits, one run allowed, one earned run allowed, and a walk as well. He had 13 strikeouts on the day. Clayton Kershaw, an incredible day for him on the mound for the Dodgers. And I have him as our player of the game in the Major League side. That's an easy, I think, pick. He had a great game. He definitely deserves to be the player of the game, even though the score, the Dodgers really, if even if Kershaw allowed another run, it probably wouldn't have made a difference, and it really wouldn't have because it was ended up being it would have been being seven to two at that point. But Kershaw definitely deserves being the player of the game. He had a really nice day, and uh, you know, not I, I wouldn't say he had to worry about this like the score. I don't think he had to worry about allowing runs, but he definitely pitched very well. He pitched like he was in a two-one game, very close. So. 
definitely a nice job for Clayton Kershaw, and obviously Kershaw, he's always going to be a reliable guy on the mound, so definitely a good day out of Clayton Kershaw, and what do you, what else do you expect? I mean, he's arguably one of the best pitchers in the last 10 years, so he's been very, very good. Um, now we'll get into kind of now getting off the game of the week from last week. We'll talk about today. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff to get into. Yesterday was the beginning of the Florida Complex League. Now, if you're wondering, Dylan, what's that? What is the Florida Complex League? Well, the Florida Complex League is the renamed Gulf Coast League. If you guys don't know, this was announced maybe three, four weeks ago. The Gulf Coast League and the Arizona League are now the Complex League. The Gulf Coast League is now the Florida Complex League. The Arizona League is now the Arizona Complex League. Not really much of a change there, but they have kind of changed some things. There's some, you know, differences, obviously, in this league than previous years. Some teams are going to feel less teams, um, so they're not going to have, like, to, you know, an East and West team, if you would say. The Yankees, I don't think, are going to have an East and West team. They've usually done one. I don't think the Phillies are either. Um, so, a few different changes, but we'll go through real quick. Talk about the 18 teams that are going to be playing this year in the Florida Complex League. We'll talk a little bit about some of the notables, um, the notable players, at least to start the season. And then we'll get into, I guess we would say we'll get into the schedule. We'll talk a lot, a little bit about what happened yesterday we'll talk about today's schedule on the 29th of june and then we'll kind of go into regular minor league baseball you know low a and all that good jazz so okay so let's get right into it so again 18 teams will be fielded this season for the florida complex league if you wanted me to go through them i will i will go through each and every team we have the FCL Astros, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, the Orioles are going to be fielding two teams this year. They'll be fielding the Orioles Black and the Orioles Orange team. We'll see the FCL Blue Jays, FCL Twins, FCL Tigers East and West. There's going to be two teams for the Tigers. As well for the Pirates, they'll have two teams as well. They'll have the Pirates Black and Gold team, the Cardinals Mets, Marlins, Phillies, Nationals, and Braves. Again, it's very similar that like of 2019, except they're called the FCL Astros instead of the GCL Astros or the GCL Yankees or whatever the case may be. Um, again, all teams are pretty much keeping the same name as their major league parent affiliate, if you will. So, again. Pretty much stayed the same other than instead of being the GCL Astros or like the GCL Yankees, as I mentioned, it's just the FCL Astros. So it's just really that's the main thing when it comes to like the names of the teams. Pretty much the names of the teams are pretty much similar. Um, again, as I mentioned, a few teams aren't going to be fielding two teams this year. The Yankees are one of them. The Phillies are one of them. And I believe that's it. I think the Pirates have always fielded two. The Tigers have fielded two. And I don't remember if the Orioles have fielded two or not. They might be fielding two for the first time. So I could be wrong with that. But again, those are just the teams that will be in the league. A uh, few things. There is no divisions. So in previous years, they've had divisions in the Gulf Coast League. This year, there are no divisions. It's pretty much just one giant division with all 18 teams. Um, and I know they are doing it sort of how spring training worked. So the way it's going to work is, and this is kind of how it's been even before COVID. So this isn't changing at all. But the way it's working is 
usually you're playing teams in your geographical area. So, for example, the Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the Yankees, a great example. They play here in the Tampa area. They will be playing every team kind of in the vicinity of them. So, they'll pretty much be playing, let's see, they'll be playing Dunedin, which is the Blue Jays. They'll be playing the FCL Blue Jays, the FCL Phillies. And the FCL Tigers. Usually it's like four or five teams they'll usually be playing. I don't think they play the Pirates at all. But I'm not too sure if that's changed at all. Um, again, you got the Pirates. So they'll play, you know, the Braves. Probably Sarasota. You'll see them play the Rays. Maybe down in Fort Myers you might see them play as well. So you'll got those groups. And then you got everybody over on the, West, uh, the east coast of Florida. So we have... The Nationals, Astros, Mets, Marlins, and the Cardinals all playing in their area as well. So we won't see the FCL Nationals. For, oh, and the Nationals. That's another team I forgot as well. Uh, we, so we won't see like the Nationals play like the, the, the Yankees in the Florida uh, Complex League. So that's pretty much some of the, you know, I mean, pretty much it's stayed the same. Really, again, the only major difference is the name. It's just now the Florida Complex League. Overall, it's relatively similar. I think there now is, though, there's no maximum set roster size. So I think you could actually put as many players as you want on it. So, I mean, if the hell, if they wanted to, they could probably put like 50 guys on their team and they probably wouldn't be able to do anything about it because I think there is no max set roster size in this league. I'll have to make sure on that. But we'll go through some of the notables. There are a few guys, notable guys, who are starting out the season with the GCL. Uh, some guys are on rehab. Again, that's one thing in this league. There are a lot of guys who are staying because they're playing in the league because of extended, you know, they're on the injured list and they played in the extended spring training. So they're just staying at the complex and they said, well, we'll just throw them in, you know, give them some rehab assignments and stuff and that'll be all good. So again, for some guys on this list, they are on rehab assignments, but I did add them in because they are notables. They are guys who I would imagine some people would like to see how they do in the FCL, the Florida Complex League. So some of the notables, I guess we'll start from the bottom and work our way up because I guess we'll talk about one of the big guys on this notable list. Um, first is Brennan Malone. He's, a, I would say, a pretty big name. FCL Pittsburgh black team he'll be playing for this season. Uh, number seven prospect in the Pirates organization. If you guys don't know, I was supposed to get him on my podcast. That kind of got all messed up. I think he had to go get like a COVID, his COVID shot pretty much. So we weren't able to get him on the show, but I hope to get him on the show still. He is going to be in the complex. So maybe I'll still be able to get him on, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, Brent Malone is one of them. Again, he got moved down. I think he had like some sort of injury with the Bradenton Marauders. He was with the Marauders here um just a few weeks ago he pitched that no hitter against Dunedin at the beginning of the year so um I don't know what happened I think he got injured and then I think they brought him down to the Florida yeah they brought him down to the Florida Complex League and I guess they have him on a team now so good for him and we'll see how he does in the FCL we got Roberto Campos he's the number 10 prospect with the Detroit Tigers he's going to be on their West squad He's their number ten team. Or he's their number ten prospect on the team, not in the MLB. So he's a guy to watch out for. Blaze Jordan. I think a lot of people know who that is. He's going to be a stud. I'm really excited to see what he can do in the Florida Complex League. Still got to get used to saying that, but um, he's the number ten prospect on the Boston Red Sox. And then two guys who are number who are ranked and who are actually in the top 100 MLB. 
the first one is Brandon McKay. This is, as I mentioned, one of the guys who are notables who are on a rehab assignment. Brandon McKay obviously has played in the majors. So he's, I think, on a rehab. He's been injured. He's kind of not really been playing much this season. So Brandon McKay will be in the FCL with the Rays as we speak. Again, he probably was with extended spring training with the Rays, and then just they put him on there just to maybe give him some rehab assignments and then move him up, hopefully to get him back in the majors. He could definitely be a big piece for that Rays squad, by the way, too. I think he could definitely be a big help right now for the Rays. They have been playing a lot better, though. These last couple games they've won, so we'll see if the, he'll get up to the league or if they just don't have any room for him, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, he's the number 55-ranked uh, prospect in all of MLB, so he's in the top 100. And then this guy, everyone should know who this guy is by now. He is arguably one of the most, I would say, exciting prospects right now, at least when it comes to youthfulness. He's up there with, like, a Wander Franco, like, when it comes to people have a lot of high expectations for this kid. Jason Dominguez, if you guys don't know, is on the Florida Complex League Yankees squad. He is the number 24 prospect in all of MLB. He's like the number three prospect in the Yankee system and like number six in his position. I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah, Jason Dominguez is on the Florida Complex League Yankees roster. I am pumped for it. He did not have a great game yesterday. He did go over two yesterday, but he was starting in center field for the FCL Yankees. Had a... I heard he had an okay game fielding-wise. He didn't do too bad, but um, again, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see Jason Dominguez because he is a stud, and this is the time to go see this kid play. And when he gets to Tampa, which I imagine he will be in the Tarpons Stadium at some point this year, I, I, I can't see him not being in Tampa unless he just has a really bad, you know, like a really bad season in the FCL and they just decide to keep him down. But in my opinion, I think we see Jason Dominguez before the end of the Tampa Tarpon season. And if he is with the Tampa Tarpons, I will be there when he makes his debut. I will for sure be there, 100%. Doesn't matter how I get there, I'll find a way. I will get media passes. I will watch. I would love to watch. And I can imagine when he gets up to Tampa, it will be pretty crazy for his like media pass. He will be very exciting to watch. So Jason Dominguez, obviously probably one of the number one guys right now to watch in the FCL. I wish they had fans. That's one thing people are probably wondering. Now, Dylan, can we go watch these games? I'll be honest. I have no freaking idea. Um, I have tried very hard. I know Toronto, where the Blue Jays play, have already said that they are not allowing anybody in, so that is a positive. I know that. The Yankees, I tried asking to see if they do media. They said that that's run through like a different group, that the Tarpons don't deal with that. I just thought I'd contact them. Maybe they'll have like a email they'll send me to. They didn't really have anybody, so I'm don't know if I'll see Jason Dominguez in person this year or not. And if he gets to Tampa, then fantastic. I would love to see him in person play because I think he could be a stud. People have said he's the next possible Mike Trout. Some people have said he's Bo Jackson. It's it's pretty crazy some of the stuff that people are, you know, comparing him to, some of the players. So I'm really excited to see what Jason Dominguez does. You know, obviously today or yesterday was his first game. He didn't have his best performance in Lakeland. Today he's back in Tampa. He's taking on the Toronto Blue Jays. 
And speaking of the Toronto Blue Jays and the Yankees, obviously that's one of the games on the schedule today. We will talk about the schedule for today, and we'll look back at yesterday's games. So let's take a look real quick at the Gulf Coast League schedule from yesterday on June 28th, opening day. So let's look around the league. We'll begin at the top. The Orioles Black defeated the Twins yesterday. They are now 1-0 on the year. 6-1 was your final score. We head into this final score. It was the Yankees and the Tigers East. The Yankees ended up shutting out the Tigers East squad 4-0. The Rays able to beat the Pirates Gold squad 7-3 in Bradenton. The Cardinals beat the Nationals, or lost to the Nationals, I should say, 3-1. That's able to get their first win on the year. The Pirates East, they ended up winning their first game of the season. They beat the Orioles Orange squad the Astros were the only team to get up to 10 runs on the day. They had a 13-7 victory over the FCL Mets. The FCL Red Sox dropped to the FCL Braves, and I believe a game that was shortened due to rain or something. It was like a delay. I'm, I'm not too sure how that game ended. Let me check the box score real quick. Yeah, it looks like it got ended in the fifth inning of work. They must have got shortened due to rain. Yeah, it says there was a delay, a 22-minute delay. So, again, a little bit of a not, – not too much of a game they had yesterday, in a sense. It says only an hour and 23 minutes with a 22-minute delay. So, really, they only played an hour and one minute. So, I mean, actually, the game went by pretty quick. Again, a 3-1 final score in that game. And then the final game on the docket yesterday in the FCL was the Phillies. They were able to knock off the Toronto Blue Jays by a final score of 8-7 in their first game in Toronto or in Dunedin excuse me so the Philadelphia Phillies not having to travel too far and able to get a victory against the FCL Blue Jays so we'll now take a look at today's slate of games uh looks like no pitchers have been announced I imagine they probably just randomly pick a guy out of the crowd and they're like yeah you're gonna be pitching today so Anyways, let's take a look at the schedule. All the games today will begin at 12. There's only a few games that I saw that are beginning at 7 during the week. I think the Rays are really the ones that are doing a lot of the 7 o'clock games. And then on Saturdays, those are all 10 a.m. games. So if you want to follow those games, you definitely got to be up early to follow those games. So, And one thing is, too, again, I don't know if you're allowed into any of these games. If not... You know, I don't even know if there's a way. You can't watch them. I know that. I just don't know if you're able to actually go to the games. I think I saw something on Twitter where somebody said that we're, you're able to go to the Orioles. So maybe I'll hit up Baltimore where the Orioles play. I don't really know. I might not even go to a game this year and see the FCL. But I really did want to go if they were able to have at least a little bit of fans. I mean, I was hoping, but whatever. Um, all right, so we'll begin at the top of the schedule for today. We've got the Blue Jays. They are in Tampa today at 12. They'll take on the Yankees. The Braves are in Fort Myers. They are at in. They are taking on the Red Sox in Fort Myers at 12. The Mets are taking on the Marlins in Jupiter at West Palm Beach in 12, at 12 p.m. at noon. The FCL Pirates Gold Squad is taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tigers West squad is taking on the Philadelphia Phillies at 12. The Orioles Orange will take on the Pirates East team at 12. The Twins will head down to Sarasota to take on the Orioles Black team. 
and that will be again at noon, and then the Astros will take on the Washington Nationals. So they just have to travel right across the street, probably, or literally right across the complex to go take on the Nationals. Not too bad there. That game will begin at noon. So again, we got the Jays and Yankees, Braves and Red Sox, Mets, Marlins, Pirates, Gold Squad taking on the Rays, Tigers West at the Phillies, the Orioles Orange at the Pirates, East and the Twins at the Orioles Black and the Astros at the Nationals. I'm going to have to really get used to saying like Orioles Orange, Orioles Black, Pirates East, you know, or Pirates, Pirates, I should say, um, it's not Pirates East, it's, what is it, Pirates uh, Black Team. Sorry about that. It's Orioles, Orioles Orange versus the Pirates Black Squad, I should say, is playing at noon. Man, that is a lot. I don't know why they have all these freaking colors as their team, but whatever. Anyways, that is your schedule. Again, all the games will be kickoff at noon. Um, really excited to see that Yankees game. I would definitely like to follow that box score. Hopefully we'll see how Jason Dominguez does in that game. I hope he does well in that game for the Yankees. Hopefully a little bit better than yesterday. We'll see. Maybe the, let me look and see real quick. Maybe the lineups are out for that game. I, I really doubt it, but you might, might get lucky. Uh, let's see. We got the lineups out and is Dominguez. Yeah. Jason Dominguez is batting second in the lineup today for the Yankees. Nice. All right, cool. So the Yankees will have Jason Dominguez there. So that'll be really nice. I'm excited for Jason Dominguez to get the start today against the Blue Jays. Should be really, really good there. I'm hoping he has a better game than yesterday. Again, we'll see. Now we get into... Some more minor league baseball. We're going to talk more schedules, obviously. <laughs> but we're going to talk about non-rookie scheduling. This will be like AAA, AA, and the single A, which will be obviously the low A Southeast League. So let's get right into the games of the day and the games for the week, obviously. So we'll kick off with the AAA level. We'll begin with the Jacksonville Jumbo Strip. They will be on the road today. They'll take on the Memphis Redbirds in Tennessee. That game will kick off at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Sean Mormonado will be on the mound for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. It's uh, to be determined for the Memphis Redbirds. Again, that game will kick up at 8-10 sharp. That will be also on Jacksonville's and Memphis's TV and audio stations. So definitely check those out on MILB TV or on the MILB radio app, if you will. So go check those out. We got the double-A game. The Biloxi Shuckers will be in Pensacola tonight at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. That will be on both Pensacola's and Biloxi's audio and television for their minor league baseball TV and the MILB audio app or whatever. Uh, Biloxi has yet to announce their starter. Pensacola has Max Meyer on the mound. Very excited for that, actually. I might watch that game. That is the Marlins' number one pick, their first-round pick last year. For Pence, uh, he'll be on the mound for Pensacola tonight, so might watch that game, actually. We'll see what happens there, but should be a pretty good game in Pensacola with Max Meyer on the mound. As for the single-A games in the low-A Southeast League, we'll take a look real quick. We got Jupiter at Tampa tonight. Tampa will begin a six-game set with the Jupiter Hammerheads. I don't know if I told you this. I think I did, but just to refresh, so last week I was in Bradenton for the 11 a.m. game, which was the only one they had in Bradenton. I'm like, well, I do want to hit up a Bradenton game this year. This is my chance. I did see a good friend of mine, Spencer uh, Smith, who is the broadcaster for the Bradenton Marauders. He's a really cool guy. Very, very nice guy to talk to. Um, definitely, if you ever get a chance, go listen to one of his broadcasts for the Bradenton Marauders. He is a very good broadcaster, and I do like his work. Um, been talking to him, and uh, got to see him at the game. 
talked a little bit. I even talked to the GM of the Bradenton Marauders, Mr. Craig Warzeska. He's a really nice guy, too. I love Craig. He's a really, really cool. And that was actually the first time we met in person, so that was kind of cool. Um, but from what I heard, one of the Marlins guys said that they had to travel from Bradenton, which is like an hour away from where the Tarpons play. They had to travel all the way back to Jupiter and then back to Tampa for this game. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. First off, that is stupid because you're literally an hour away from Tampa. You just go up to Tampa. It's not that difficult. Like, why do you have to travel all the way back across state to go to Jupiter and then come back to Tampa the next day? Like, it's stupid. Anyways... Jupiter at Tampa tonight. That game will kick off at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. One of the two games that will be at 6.30 p.m. on the docket for the Low A Southeast League. To be determined for the Jupiter Hammerheads. For Tampa, we'll see Yondres Gomez on the mound. So we'll see how he does. That game will not be on an audio or on a MILB TV. So you won't be able to listen nor watch the game on TV. So kind of unfortunate there. But again... Should be a pretty good game. I, Tampa's been playing hot right now. They are probably the best team in this league, other than Bradenton, which we'll get to in a few moments. So again, that game will be on. It won't be on TV or won't be on the audio app for MILB. So again, you can't watch that game, unfortunately. But should still be a pretty good game. And Tampa's a nice stadium, so if you want to head out to that game, definitely go check it out. We've got the Dunedin Blue Jays. They take on the Palm Beach Cardinals tonight. That game will be at six thirty. No pitchers have yet been announced for that game. Might have changed. I haven't looked. I just did this all before I got on the podcast. That game will be audio. That will be on the Palm Beach Cardinals radio network. So excited to see that game. May listen to that a little bit here later this evening. We have Bradenton and Fort Myers. That game will be down in Fort Myers at Hammond Stadium. That will be on both Bradenton's and Fort Myers's audio stations. So go check those out. Bradenton has yet to announce their pitcher. Miguel Rodriguez will be on the mound for the Fort Myers Miracle today. So that will be a good game. That will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of games today actually in the Lowe Southeast League are having a 7 p.m. start time. We got our next game. The St. Lucie Mets are coming from over the East Coast. They'll take on the Clearwater Threshers in their only visit to the East or to the West Coast in Clearwater. Again, that game will kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That will be on the Mets radio. I didn't know they had an audio radio station for them, so be kind of cool. So go listen to the St. Lucie Mets game if you're interested. There is no pitchers yet announced for either team, so we'll have to wait and see who will be on the mound for both squads, but should be a pretty good game there. Clearwater, a team that has kind of been in the middle of the pack all season, but we'll see if they can get some wins here against St. Lucie. St. Lucie has been all right. They've been pretty good this season, but both are relatively even, Um, so we'll see how they do. We'll see that game should be pretty interesting. And then the final game on the schedule is going to be the Lakeland Flying Tigers. As they actually head over to Daytona, they head out over to the East Coast to take on the Tortugas. That will be on Tortugas radio station. They will have uh, Justin Rock on the call there for that game. Dario Gardea will be on the mound for the Lakeland Flying Tigers as Miguel Madrano will be on the mound for the Daytona Tortugas in that game. Should be a pretty good matchup. Uh, Daytona has not really been great, so to say. They're eight games under 500. Lakeland has really struggled. They are really struggling. So a few bottom dwellers, if you will, in those divisions. And that kind of brings us into the standings. We'll talk a little bit here with the standings. Take a look in the AAA level. The Jumbo Shrimp are 26 and 20. They are in third in their division. Four and a half games back in the division 
in the Southeast AAA East Southeast Division, if you will. So Jacksonville, not terrible, still pretty good. Twenty six and twenty isn't bad. So uh, still a pretty solid and respectable record up to this point for the Jumbo Shrimp. As in the AA, we'll look at the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. They are twenty eight and twenty so far on the year. They are in second in that division in the AA South South Division. I don't know who came up with these divisional names, but whatever. And they're a game back in that division. So Pensacola is playing very well. They're 28-20. Very respectable as well. So very good so far this season for both of our AAA and AA affiliates. Obviously, both of them owned by the Miami Marlins. So, I mean, really not too much difference. It's just one's a lower level. So, I mean, it's relatively the same guys who come through those two teams. We'll take a look at the low A Southeast League. And we'll begin in the East Division. The number one team in that division is the St. Lucie Mets at a 26 and 22 record. Jupiter's right behind them; they are 22 and 26. Daytona is 20 and 28. Palm Beach at 17 and 31; they are in fourth in the division. So the Palm Beach Cardinals, the second worst team in the actual league. Um, we'll take a look at the West Division. Tampa again, as we mentioned, Tampa has been killing it. They are literally. Th- the, they're they're overpowering every team in this division. I mean, it's 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 not even funny. It's they literally are the best team in this league. They are thirty two and fifteen right now on the season. They have been dominant so far this year. Bradenton they are thirty two and sixteen on the year and in second place, right behind Tampa. They have played very well as well. The Bradenton Marauders have been very impressed how they've been doing. Fort Myers they are twenty eight and twenty on the year. They are in third. Clearwater is 25 and 23. They are in fourth. Dunedin, they actually have been a little bit surprising because they have kind of turned things around. They are only seven games under 500, which if you haven't seen, when they started out the year, they were like, they literally were the last team without double digits and wins. So they have very played very well these last couple of weeks. So very impressed with how the way Dunedin has kind of been able to bounce back there. They are 20 and 27, as I mentioned, and Lakeland is the worst team in the league. They are 16 and 30 on the year. Again, not really too great for the Lakeland Flying Tigers. They have been struggling, and they are the worst team in the league right behind the Palm Beach Cardinals, who are the second worst team in the league. And then it's Daytona and Dunedin. So, again, that is how the divisions look up to this point in the season. Again, there's no championship in the low-A Southeast League right now. Don't know if there will ever be one again. And if there is, that'll be great. In my opinion, I, I'm so... I'm not mad that they don't have playoffs this year. It's just, I think for these players, I understand, you know, it's just to get them through the leagues and developmental and stuff. So, really, the playoffs isn't a huge deal for some of these guys. I mean, you know, if they want, I mean, for some of these guys, they want to play in those big stages before they get to the majors. I mean, you want to play in playoff baseball. It doesn't matter what league it is. doesn't matter what level you would like to play in playoff baseball. And that's good, not only for the area, but it's also good for these players. It gets them ready for what it's like to be in a big game in the major leagues, even though it's the lower levels, even in the minors, you like to be in a playoff situation. You know, what is it like to be in that situation for these guys, especially how young they are? So in my opinion, I think they need to bring playoffs back next year. That's just my opinion. We'll see what happens. But again, that's my whole take on them not having playoffs this year. I think it's kind of a unfortunate circumstance. I understand the reason why they're not doing it just because of COVID, but I think by next year they should bring back playoffs because I think it's vital for these players to play in a playoff game because some of these guys could, it's, 
helpful. It's beneficial. It could get them ready for what it's like to be in a big stage in a big game in their career. So it's definitely beneficial, and we'll see if they'll bring it back next year. We'll see if they'll even have a championship in the league this year. I don't know if they will. In my opinion, I think Tampa probably would win it. I mean, they're killing it. They really should deserve it the way they've been playing these last couple of weeks and last, I would say, two months in the season. So, But, I mean, Bradenton's also been playing pretty well as well, so we'll see. All right, so that is all I pretty much have for you guys today on the podcast. We'll kind of take a look ahead, though, and finish out the show. Just kind of talking about some stuff coming up here on the show. Next week is going to be draft week. If you guys don't know, after this week, next week is kind of the beginning of the draft time. The Sunday night, I think, is that draft. Um, I don't know if it's vert. I think it's is it virtual. I don't. I don't really know. I think it's virtual again, which is going to kind of be disappointing. But they're supposed to have it in person, and I don't know if it's going to be in person or not. I think it's virtual again this year, which is kind of disappointing. But next week is going to be draft week, so we've got a lot to talk about next week. We're going to have Tuesday's show. It's going to be a little run a little bit different next week. So next Tuesday, we're still going to talk minor league baseball. We're going to have a prospect breakdown. We're going to look at some players, kind of break some stuff down, get you ready for the draft, take a look at who I believe is going to be studs, who I believe could be drafted earlier than where they're at in the kind of list that they have for you on MLB.com. So that is going to be Tuesday. We're going to talk about all the draft prospects, break them down, kind of talk about my opinions on them. Thursday, we will come out with our mock draft. We'll talk all about that, put out our mock draft from 1 all the way up to number 30. And then for Sunday, we will do our live draft party. We did this last year. I had a blast doing it. We will have it again this year. Maybe get some guests on here. We'll see what happens. We'll kind of play it by ear. I'll let you know what goes on. But again, we're going to have our live draft party that Sunday, July 11th. We will be doing it. I will be on vacation at the moment. I will literally be in, I'm going to be in like a, a, a camping park, if you will. I'll be in Fort DeSoto that weekend. So I will be doing it from a... A different location than I'm usually doing it, but we'll have a little bit of fun. We'll do it maybe on a table or something. We'll just kind of talk baseball and we'll have a little bit of fun. It should be really cool. That Monday is the Home Run Derby. We're going to do a Home Run Derby watch along. We're going to watch the Home Run Derby. We're going to all hang out. It'll be really fun. That game, that'll be on ESPN. Very excited for that. I will be getting ready to go to Houston the next day. So I'll be in Houston that all week. I'll record episodes. I'll get you some stuff out. May I am going to a minor league game that Tuesday. That literally the day after that, I'm going to the Sugarland Skeeters, the Houston Astros AAA affiliate. I will be at that game that Tuesday, most likely, and unless something changes or unless it rains. I will be at that game on that Tuesday to go see the Sugar Lane Skeeters. So stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll do some post Instagram posts and stuff on there. A lot of stuff coming your way, guys. I am really pumped. We're just about getting ready for the draft. Again, next week we'll do our draft week. They've got that Sunday. We've got the draft party we'll do. We might do it. I think we're going to do it on ColorCast. A little bit different than previous years where we've done it on Twitch. We're going to do it on ColorCast because... Obviously, if you guys don't know, ColorCast is our new partnership. And speaking of ColorCast, we got to give a big shout-out to the ColorCast platform. If you guys want to check out a platform that is great, not only for podcasters or for broadcasters, but it's great to just talk sports. You can talk any sports, that is. You could go all the way from USC to baseball to football to basketball. Heck, even the Bachelorette is on 
ColorCast, and you could announce that as well. You could broadcast that on their great platform that allows you to interact in different ways and in awesome ways that is new and in innovative if you will so definitely go check out our friends at colorcast it's a great platform for young and aspiring broadcasters and not even broadcasters as well even if you just want to have a little bit of fun you just want to screw around it's definitely a fun platform to use i've gotten to use it already i broadcasted to the braves and the I believe it was the Braves and the Cardinals a few weeks ago. So that was awesome. That was really fun to do. Again, go check out our friends at ColorCast right now. Go check out their all-inclusive, all-fun platform where you can go broadcast games. Again, it's a very fun platform. I got in a chance to do it a few weeks ago, and I definitely did enjoy it, and we're going to try and use them a lot more here in the upcoming weeks. Again, we appreciate everyone joining us on the show. That is what's upcoming on the podcast. We talked all about minor league baseball, talked about the FCL, the Florida Complex League, and we got a lot more to discuss here in the coming weeks with the draft upcoming, and obviously I'll be in Houston, so we'll definitely post some stuff as well on the podcast. We appreciate everyone joining us. Thanks for coming on the show, and we'll see you guys on Thursday for our Major League episode here on the podcast. Peace out, guys.